excited for what God has for us tonight. I want to read in the book of Acts tonight. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. Acts chapter 27, verse number 27. If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I want to read right here. I'm not going to keep you long. I know today was a long sermon, and I kept you a long time. Tonight I'm going to make up for it. All right? Acts chapter 27, verse number 27. Now when the 14th night had come, and as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing, drawing near to land. And they took soundings and found to be 20 uh, fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Verse 29 says, Then fearing lest we should run against a ground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you tonight just a few moments about the four anchors that are going to hold you. I want to teach, I want to preach just a little bit tonight about the anchors that's going to hold us when we're in a storm. Amen? I want you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for these people, these faithful people that's here at TFT. I ask you tonight, Lord, to let your word uh, rest in our hearts. Lord, let the seed of the word go down deep, Lord, that, uh, that it will flourish one day and grow up inside of us. I'm asking you to open our eyes and ears to see and to hear what you'd have to say to us tonight. Father, I'm asking you to anoint my tongue, Lord. Give me the boldness of the Holy Spirit to speak your word in boldness here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. During this storm we're reading about here in Acts, when the sailors thought they were in serious trouble, they cast out four anchors to secure them, to keep them safe. How many know when you're walking through things in life, when you're riding along on the ship of, of, of your life, that trouble's happening, storms pop up, things come up unexpectedly, and you're looking for something to grab hold to. The ship's rocking, and you're looking for something to grab onto. You're looking for something sturdy, something to anchor you. How many know it's his word that's going to anchor us? It's his word that's going to anchor us. Amen. As I read that scripture, I thought there are many anchors that hold us during times of testing and trials. And I want to give you four scriptures that will anchor us at different times. Just four is all I'm going to do tonight, so it's going to be quick. I thought you'd say my biggest amen right there. Okay, Pastor, that's good. Four. Our first anchor is found in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number three. Call to me. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many need some knowledge dropped on you? I need God to let me know some things that I don't know about. Things that we're walking through, we don't know, but God has the knowledge about it. He can drop it into your spirit. Now, and I'm going to give you just a for instance. This is, wasn't walking through a storm. I had a pastor friend of mine, Brother Scotty and I were just talking about this. I had a pastor friend of mine ask me, he said, Brother Drew, do you have anybody that would preach and do some prison services? And I said, well, let me check. And about the time we started to check, COVID hit. And they wouldn't let anybody into the jail. All right? We all know how long that's been. 
This week, I was sitting in my office, and God said, talk to Brother Scotty about preaching in the jail. I'm thinking to myself, God, he can't even get in there. He's going to have to do a crime to get in there right now. Brother Scotty, don't, we're not going that route, right? Okay. Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> he doesn't want to stay. He just wants to visit, right? God spoke it into my heart to talk to him about it. He said, Pastor, I'm going to pray about that. He, he let me know. Brother Scott, I didn't ask you about this, but I think it's all right. You're a minister of God's word. He told me, he said, Pastor, he said, I, yeah, I, I want to go. He said, I want to preach the word wherever it's needed. I talked to my pastor friend. He's the chaplain down there, and he told me, he said, Drew, right now, they're still not letting us in, but I think it could be getting close. I know it's getting close, Brother Scotty. That door's going to swing open wide because God laid it on my heart this week. He knows things that I don't know. He makes us aware of things we could not be aware of without his help. Amen? Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. This is a verse that can hold us secure when we're in the depth of despair. Have you ever been in despair? Well, in my research, I went to Dr. Google. He said that despair is the complete loss or absence of hope. Wow. Wow. Despair means to be hopeless, desperation, distress, anguish, pain, and unhappiness. This sounds like the world I'm living in. Sounds like the people I know and I meet every day. They're living in despair. God, God says, first of all, call on me. That scripture, he says, call on me. Call on me first. Call on me first. How many times have you gotten into trouble and tried to solve it yourself? We look to our talents, our abilities, our resources. How am I going to fix this problem instead of going to God first? I have a saying. I, I use it all the time. I tell my boys this, my family this. I've said it here in the church over and over. Make God your first choice, not your last resort. Wow. Make God your first choice. Don't wait until you're in trouble and you don't have anywhere else to turn. We talk about it all the time. Where's rock bottom at? Don't wait till rock bottom to turn to God. Make him your first choice. I get the impression that when God's, God says call out to him, he means to his children to call out to him first. Don't try your resources. Don't try your abilities. Don't try your talents. Call out to me first. Don't try to be your own power and talent and ability. Call on your God. How many has got a God that's bigger than you are? Amen. Amen. Next he said, I will answer you. How many has somebody that you call on the phone and they never answer their phone? I have threatened over and over and over to shut my boys' phones off. I pay for them. I bought the phones. I buy the service. You answer my call. I don't care who you're talking to. You could be talking to the president of the United States. You say, sorry, dad's calling. Click and talk to me. It's frustrating, frustrating for people not to answer your call. He said, I will answer you. Call out to me. I will answer you. Hmm. You called some company. I hear dad doing this all the time. He's calling companies, and it's really kind of funny. Sometimes I go down there just for the humor, just to hear him talk to somebody on the phone, trying to get help because I know they're not going to be able to help him. First of all, he's got a hearing problem. He doesn't hear everything they say. The next thing, they're not Americans. He can't understand them. 
After a while, he's like taking the phone to somebody. Here, I can't understand what they're saying. You can understand God. He's going to answer you. You're going to be able to understand exactly what he wants you to do. Amen. These words in Jeremiah are positive words. I will answer. That's affirmative. I'm going to answer. There's no, no doubt about it. I'm going to answer. Sometimes Taylor don't answer me. God's going to answer. Amen. God is going to answer. Every time we pray, God hears us. And he's going to answer us. Sometimes we feel like heaven is brass or our prayers didn't even reach the ceiling. Guess what? He's still hearing you. We sing the song, even, even when we don't see it, he's still moving. Let me tell you, when you're praying and you're thinking God's not hearing, he's not listening, he's listening to your prayers and he's bottling them tears up. He understands what you're walking through. Hallelujah. He's going to answer you. He's going to answer you. Wow, I've got this into my notes so many times. Call my boys, my wife on the phone, they won't answer. This must have really bugged me when I was writing this one. <laughs> God will show us great and mighty things that we don't know. The rest of that verse. God enjoys working things out for us in ways that we never thought of. I say it all the time. We can plot and plan and think, God, I've laid it out for you now. I, I want you to understand, I know this is exactly how this will work in my life, and it's going to be perfect if you just work it out this way. But Scotty, he don't work that way with me. I plan it out. I show God this is the plan. He never goes by my plan. Never. Rarely. He's like, yeah, I already give you that plan. That's, why, that's the only time it works when he's already given me the plan. Wow. He does it a completely different way that we don't even understand. We didn't even know there, that was a way. God, there's only one way out of this thing. You've got to help me through this one way. This is the only way, God. I can see it right here. You've got to help me through that way. He goes, I don't need your way. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I don't need you. He's the way maker. Hallelujah. God will show us great and mighty things that we don't know. God enjoys working things out in the ways we never thought of. We think that there's only one way out, and it's our way, and it's our plan. But God does a completely different way. God knows the ways when there seems to be no ways. His thoughts and ideas are greater than our own. Sounds like a scripture I've heard before. Sometimes I believe he does it in a different way just to show us who the boss really is. Who's in control of this universe? Who is the creator? Who is the savior? Who is the healer? Who is the provider? It's God. And I don't need your help being God. <laughs> wow. He had name and dip seven times. Any rhyme? Any reason? Just to show I'm God. I've got better rivers to dip in. Why am I having to dip in this? That man, the prophet doesn't even come out to see me. What in the world's going on here? God says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. Finally he gets talked into it. We know what happened. Jesus put mud in people's eyes. I'm afraid somebody would slap me silly if I tried that here in the church. You got that on my new suit, my new dress. I was reading the other day where he put spittle on somebody's eyes. If you, those of you from Arkansas, that's just a loogie. He just spit and put it in his eyes. I'm just saying that's what happened. That's what really happened. Naaman had to dip seven times. He put mud in people's eyes. He sent singers out in front of the warriors. That doesn't make sense at all. Come on, praise team. We're fixing to go to battle. Let's go out here and start singing. 
They may be throwing arrows, shooting bows, bows, bows and arrows at you and spears and everything else, but you, you go out there and sing to them. You know, I, I, I just, I don't want to be in the choir anymore, God. I'll just, uh, I'll stay in the back of the line. He speaks through a donkey. He brings a whale to swallow Jonah to save his life. That don't make sense at all. Send a whale to swallow a man to save his life. That's God. He puts money in the fish's mouth to pay taxes. Lord, you know it's April. How many need to go fishing now? We need to go find a pond and go fishing. You read Jeremiah 3, 33 and 3. When trouble comes your way, throw out that anchor. Read it to yourself again. Cry out to the Lord in them times of trouble. Number two, the second anchor, uh, anchor is John 8 and 32. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Once again, you've probably heard this story. My favorite Arizona Cardinal bag was in the bedroom on the bus. This little one over here was about four years old, three or four years old. He goes to get his toys out of this bag. It's my bag, but I let him put it on his toys, and it got stuck on something, and he just yanked it out. How many knows he's a bull in a china cabinet? And he ripped it out of there, and it got caught on a screw and just tore that vinyl bag apart. And so we're driving down the road. He comes and tells his mother, and she, she says, you need to tell your dad about that. So he sits down by the, on the steps beside me while we're traveling. He said, Dad, i got to talk to you. I said, okay. He told me what happened. I heard it, and I said, well, listen, son, next time something gets stuck, let's check it out. Let's see why, why it's stuck. Let, let's not just rip on it, okay? He said, okay, Dad. Yes, sir. He sat there real quiet for a while, and he said, Dad, you know what? And I said, what? He goes, I told the truth, and the truth set me free. <laughs> he was afraid of getting a spanking. I told the truth, and the truth set me free. I'm not sure that's what the Scripture's talking about right here. Many people are bound by many things like fear and worry and depression, sickness, habits, and whatever else you want to put into that category. But this is a verse that we can hold on to. First off, what does Jesus mean by the truth? What does he mean? I believe he means the word of God. He's talking about the word. Jesus said, my words are truth. This book is the truth. And by reading it, practicing it, and living it, the words will set you free. 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 Wow. We used to sing a song that says, thank God I'm free. Free, free from this world of sin. I'm so glad that I found that. Yeah. Hey Amen. I'm glad somebody else knew that song because I didn't know it all. There's more freedom and power in the Bible than in all the laws that man can make. Than in all the armies that could be assembled. There's more power in the Word of God. Or the weapons of this world, they don't compare to the weapons we have right here between these pages. Amen? Yet Christians let this book set around and collect dust. The word is truth. The word is truth. John 14 and 6 said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, was God, and the was, word, excuse me, the word was with God, and the word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. The truth. The truth shall set you free. i got to be careful there. I'll be cussing. Pray for your pastor tonight. Again, that's a positive statement. The truth will set you free. The power of the word can set you free from the chains that bind you. We preached, I believe it was Wednesday night, about Paul and Silas. Here they are in a dungeon. They're, they're tied up. They're in chains. They're in stocks. And we know that their legs and feet were spread out to cause more pain. After they'd already took numerous stripes, we know the Jews would give out 39 stripes. But the Romans, they didn't have a number they would stop on. It's just when they got tired. But they begin to sing. They begin to praise the Lord. And the chains begin to fall off. There's power in the word. Power in the word. That's why I like singing songs that has the word in it. I like singing songs that have the word in it. We used to sing that old song. Uh, and I, I mentioned it a minute ago. Thank God I'm free. I wrote down the words here so I could sing it for you now. I just got ahead of myself. And here it is. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Walk in that freedom. The third anchor is also found in the book of John. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. Because he's living inside of you, you have overcome the world. Hallelujah. I believe that this verse explains a lot of things to us about the storms of life that we go through. As long as we're in the world, we're going to have problems. That's the word. It says it right there. You're going to have tribulations. Tribulations, troubles. I don't care what, what word you want to use there. You're going to have problems. We might as well face them. The word's not going to change. It tells us that's what's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with going through hardships in this life. Well, who's sin? Why are they going through that? It must have been sin in their life. Right? Didn't we see that in the Word of God? If you have a problem, that maybe. No, that's not the problem. That's not the reason why people go through hardships. We're all in a sinful world. That's why you go through hardships. That's why you have problems and tribulations and trials. And we face storms in this life because we're in a sinful world. When we go through all these hardships, it actually makes us stronger. Do you know that? It makes you stronger. When you walk through something, you look back at it and realize, I don't know how I made it through that, but somehow God carried me through. It's made me stronger. My faith grew while I was in that situation. What makes steel so strong is going through the fire and getting the impurities out. Nobody wants to go through the fire. Nobody wants the impurities burn out of their life, do they? No. We just wanted everything to be daisies and candy and cotton candy and ice cream. Right, Cardin? That's the way we want life to go along. Can I tell you that hardships, excuse me, can I tell you that ships are not built for calm seas? They're not. Ships are not built for calm seas. They're built for the storms. They're built to withstand storms. I remember one year for uh, the Royal Rangers, we had a cardboard boat race. We did our best, and we could not make that cardboard float for more than just a few seconds. And it got wet. We didn't know how to build the ship, did we, Taylor? We probably do a better job now, but we didn't, didn't do a very good job. He goes on to say, be of good cheer. 
Jesus has overcome the world. Be excited. Be happy. Because Jesus has already won the war. We're already on the winning team. How many likes to be on the winning team? Every year when I walk off the baseball field, I have kids come up to me and say, Coach, can you draft me next year? Why? They want to be on the winning team. It's the truth. It's the truth. They want to be on the winning team. I have sponsors that want to sponsor our baseball team. You know why? It's the winning team. They know we're going to win every year. They want to sponsor a winner. Guess what? Jesus has already overcome this world. We're a winner because of him. If Jesus has overcome the world and Jesus is inside of you, then you've overcome the world as well. You are an overcomer. That anchor will hold you and you will beat the storm. Amen? Luke 8, Now it happened that on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the waters. And they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, this is Jesus talking to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled saying one to another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Do you realize you're serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords that has control over the sun, the moon, the stars, the wind, the storms in your life? Let alone nature. God is in control of everything that happens. I went into a store the other day, and it was beating down rain. It seemed like we've had a lot of rain. And the man said, boy, we're getting a lot of rain. I said, apparently God thinks we still need it. He didn't ask me because I feel like we have enough. But we're still getting rain. Jesus is still calming troubled waters in our life today. Amen? This anchor will hold. We need to stand on it. We need to throw these anchors out when problems come up in our lives. And it will anchor you. I told Taylor, he walked in tonight when I was finishing up my sermon. I said, i got to throw this scripture in here. I love putting this scripture in every sermon. It's Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The rest of the scripture is great, too. I just love that part. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we all know weapons are going to be formed against us, but they're not going to prosper. Why? Because God is already overcome. Jesus has overcome this world, and he's living inside of us, makes us overcomers. So we don't have to worry about the weapons that are going to be formed against us. Amen. The final anchor is in Philippians. Philippians 4.19. We could all quote it. And my God shall supply. All your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Wow, isn't that an awesome promise of God right there? I love the promises of God. But my God, but my God. Notice Paul realizes that God is a personal God. He didn't say, but the God or that God. He said, my God, my God, hallelujah. And my God. Shall supply. He recognized he was a personal God. You don't have to be formal with God. Somebody said, uh-oh, look out. Is he your God? Are you his child? We always need to respect God. I'm not saying that one bit. 
There's so many people who are so timid to go to prayer about anything, thinking, I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't be asking God for this. I don't, you know, I felt that same way before. My toe hurts or whatever. I was like, God, would you heal my toe? And you got people dying with cancer. You're thinking, what, what am I doing asking God? He cares about everything in your life. He's your God. He's your Father. You need to go with Him. Cardin, he, he's like, Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. But I know there's something to that. Can we go get some ice cream? Dad, I love you. Can we stop at Sonic? Dad, I love you. Can we go to Pineapple Whip or whatever that is called in Conway? He's not one bit ashamed to ask me for something. He's not. And he keeps coming to me over and over. Sometimes I tell him no. My answer is no. A lot of times it's yes. He keeps coming to me. My God, it's a personal God. It would be awkward for my boys to come to me with a need and cower down like they didn't know me. Uh, sir, uh, Mr. Father, <laughs> Pastor Father, can I, can I talk with you? Can I, can, I, can I make an appointment to speak with you? Wouldn't that be awkward? He's our God. We can go to him. Amen. God shall supply. He shall supply. Again, this is a positive faith assurance that you'll find throughout the Bible. There is never a question of a God doing it. He shall supply. He shall supply. God shall. He will supply all of our needs. We need to put our trust in Him. He's going to fill the needs. We have a need of a car. God's going to do it. We have a need of a house. God's going to do it. We have a need of a job. God's going to do it. We have, a, have any other kind of needs in our life. God's going to do it. Why? Because He made you a promise. God shall supply. He will supply. There's not a question. Every one of your needs, he's going to supply. That's the little needs. That's the big needs and everything in between. Big, small, financial, family. All your needs, he'll supply. Hallelujah. God is not too busy to meet your needs. Well, you know, there's a war going on, and there's so many other people with worth problems. You know, God probably doesn't have time to hear my prayers and, and understand my needs. He says that he knows your needs before you ask. But he tells you, go ahead and ask. Why? Because you ask, you're going to receive. If you seek, you're going to find. Hallelujah. If you knock, it's going to be open to you. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. And the last part of this verse says, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It answers our prayers. Not by our resources. It's not through Drew or, or through Shelly or Scotty, Jacqueline. It, it, it's not through us and our resources. But my God shall supply our needs. According to his riches. Man, how rich is your God? Hmm. My God's rich. My God owns it all. We're just borrowing things from him right now. We're just using the things he gives us right now. Wow. God himself is the source of supply by Jesus' sacrifice. Whatever storm you're in tonight, God has an anchor for you to throw out to find security. Would you help me out? Our first anchor, we're in a storm that we can throw out. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Our second anchor we can throw out is John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The third anchor we can throw out is John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And the fourth anchor you can throw out. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory 
by Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? I told you it wasn't going to be very long. But the word's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's going to cut into us. We can hang on to the Word of God. We can anchor our soul. I trust my life with this Word. I trust my life with this Word. You need to trust your life with this Word. Search it out. Anchor yourself to this Word. Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you for TFT and their faithfulness. Father, those watching on Facebook, God, I'm asking you right now that we take these words to heart. Lord, that we take these scriptures, Lord, and we stand on them. Your word is alive. It's a breathing word of God. It's your breath, Lord, that we can read and ingest into us. I ask you, Lord, right now that we take these words, Lord, as we come to the altar, Lord, that we seal this sermon in our hearts, Lord, that you are true. You're the, you're the true one God. I mentioned it this morning. You're the one true God. I ask you, Lord, to bless these people as they come. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you find your place to pray tonight?